Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What would you call this chat that we're about to have? Hmm. I'm going to say America's first family. Like, there's no family I care more about than the Roys. You're listening to Into It from Vulture and New York Magazine. I'm Sam Sanders. And what's the best way to describe succession? Technically, it is just another prestige drama making fun of rich white people. But gosh, it really feels like so much more. There is something about this show. One-liners end up on tote bags the morning after an episode airs. A magazine profile of one of the actors leads to weeks of media coverage over whether or not the cast actually hates each other. Hell, this show has even turned the phrase fuck off into a term of endearment for me and my friends. It is powerful. I've been watching Succession faithfully since it started back in 2018. And now Succession is in its fourth and final season, and it's entered this moment where every episode feels like a little Super Bowl for devoted fans like myself. Gonna talk now about how season four is going so far, how this show might end, and why it resonates so deeply for so many. To do so, we are joined by America's preeminent succession fan and scholar, Hunter Harris. I was re-watching the season three finale, like the last scene when Logan is like, when he does that, um, the imitation of Shiv, where she's like, actually, me, a super majority, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, meh, 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 meh. And it's like, oh, I was like in the room for that, which is so insane. Like being 10 feet away from Brian Cox, huddled around a monitor, like watching him. Like, just destroy her. Fuck off! I have you beat, you morons! Well, no, because you need a supermajority. Well, well, no, because I need a supermajority. Yes, Hunter Harris has hung out with the cast of Succession in Italy. She profiled them for New York Magazine, and she now writes about the show on her newsletter, Hung Up. And I had to confess to Hunter, I love this show. Even though I think nothing has fundamentally changed in this show since it began. I will say, though, and I want to kind of set up the scene of season four as it stands right now so far. But Mm -hmm. I do got to say, Hunter, as much as I love this show, I think they have been doing this song and dance for four seasons now where they make you think a lot is happening, but nothing really happens. Like, as, as long as this show has been on the air... Daddy's been in charge, and the three main kids have wanted to get power from him. 
They always get close, and then it never happens. You think the daddy might die or have some health scare. Never really happens. And, like, I almost feel like the stakes have not actually changed since the end of season one. It's still these three kids who want what their father has, and daddy's still in charge. Right? They can, like, they spin their wheels a bit, but it's so funny that I'm okay with it. The broad stroke of it, yeah, you know, the game has not really changed. But I also think some part of that is, like, I mean, hyper-realistic almost. My favorite thing about the writing on Succession in terms of, like, the plotting and the pacing is how, is how actually kind of long everything takes, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I think we've gotten used to this sort of Game of Thrones final season, like, hyper pace of, like, things happen so, like, boom, 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 boom. And something that I come back to that, you know, the structure of Succession is different than the structure of a lot of other shows where it's like at the end of season two, we have, you know, Kendall making this big declaration saying my dad is a bad guy and he's a bad actor and, you know, we need to like get him out of control of this company. The truth is that my father is a malignant presence, a bully and a liar. And he was fully personally aware of these events for many years and made efforts to hide and cover up. And the premiere episodes of season three are like the moment immediately following that. I got fired. He got fired. She got promoted. I got rehired. She got demoted. That's the first episode Mm -hmm. of season three. And the second episode of season three is like that night even. Like the same. It's like truly, I would say, 12 hours of like real life time in two episodes of TV. Like that's crazy. And I think we're sort of seeing that play out now where even though like, you know, I would say that it's still dad in charge, kids trying to beat dad. There's so many little movements and little volleys and power plays and ego deaths and betrayals and redemptions within that. That's, you know, makes it's like the protein of the show. Yeah, well, they can they can drag these things out. I remember... At the end of season three, some people left that episode thinking that Daddy Roy had sold the company to the fake sweet Spotify dude played by one of the Scars guards. So, what do you think? Are we doing this fucking merger or not? Mm-hmm. But then season four opens up, you realize that deal hasn't gone through. And we're still futzing around trying to see if that's going to happen. Like, there's so many things where they just get you really, 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 really close. And they're like, no, nope. Not yet. Uh, with that said, how do we set up the stakes of where things stand now? So this family, the Roy family, uh, headed by the patriarch, there's four kids, but three of them really want control of this media empire, kind of based loosely on the Murdochs and the Fox News empire. And right now where things stand, and help me out with this, Hunter, mm-hmm. um, a Swedish company, kind of like Spotify, might buy the company, but Also, the company might acquire an American news company that feels a lot like CNN. And right now, there's allegiance shifting between board members and shareholders over which deal happens. And the three kids who thought they had a way to get the shareholders on their side, they kind of seem to be coming up short. Would that be? Help help me. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I kind of had a little bit of a different read to it. I think that the macro sort of question is like, 
eventually Logan Roy needs to sell this big company. And in previous seasons, he's tried to bloat up his own company so it couldn't be sold. And now he's finally agreed to a sale, but his kids are kind of holding out on him and saying, we can get a better price with some other big shareholders. But I think that's like kind of the big question in in the second episode, which is like, Logan, on one hand, seems very dogged, very willing to fight. I'm going to build something better. Something faster, lighter, meaner, wilder. But on the other hand, he kind of comes to his kids hat in hand and is like, you know, I'm really sorry. Don't screw me over on the deal. You have all this power. But like with a little smirk, like he's kind of he's it seems like he is um, nudging them into a deal with the devil. And I would say Logan is in his Blair Waldorf era. He's got to sleep. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's been your favorite plot point of this season so far? I think I I never feel like um, Connor gets enough credit. I'm the eldest son. What was that? I am the eldest son. I think that he really is one of like the eldest brother who is not really involved in the business stuff, is, you know, sort of obsessed with his own luxury (laughs) what if we got married underneath the statue of liberty with a brass band get a rapper i don't know jetpacks and Mm -hmm. confetti guns and razor wire and bum fights and you know goodie bags and hoopla and razzmatazz i just do think that connor is like one of the really funny fun um kind of tragic characters on the show but so i always like keep you know I always keep an eye out for Connor. Um, But for me, it really always comes back to, I would say, Tom and Shiv. But do you want to talk? There's some things I wouldn't mind saying and explaining. I think there's something there about the relationship that is just so absolutely like, you know, they're in this, where we are in their stories, like they're getting divorced. But at the same time, it's like that relationship will never really end. Like I was thinking about from like, um, outside if this were like real life and if i were just you know reading about this on puck or intelligence or whatever it would be so crazy if like a big businessman fired his daughter but kept on his ex-son-in-law like that's wild what would happen were a marriage such as mine and you know even in fact mine uh, if that were to falter to the point of failure if we're good we're good and then continues to communicate with his daughter through the ex-son-in-law. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. While also trying to keep all the good divorce lawyers in New York from working with his own daughter. I know. And whenever Logan has that line where he's like, I would have given you the same advice, but you wouldn't call me back. Tom asked me for advice. I recommended someone he could speak to. You weren't around. If you'd been around... I would have offered you the same advice. But I can't help you. You won't see me. I'm like, that is such BS. Like, I don't think Shiv buys it. I hope she doesn't. Although Shiv is kind of has been in a flop era for many seasons now. But I just cannot imagine a betrayal greater than like my husband and my dad teaming up just to like yeah. screw me over. Like that's kind of screwed up. But then again, you know, they've been kind of reaching, headed to some kind of like rupture for a long time now. 
Time for a break. When we come back, I'm going to dissect exactly why so many of us adore this truly messed up show. But first, we want your help. If you like this show, if you want to support it, please consider leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And also subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. I want to ask, well, I want to share a theory of how I think this show is going to end. But first, I got to just ask you, you have studied this show inside and out. Why do people love this show so much? It's insane. It's not the biggest <laughs> show on TV, but people who watch this show would kill their firstborn for it. It's wild. Why? You know, mm, I think easy answer is because it's good. And I (laughs) I think it has a sort of maybe, you know, British sensibility that um, is a little bit ruthless and a little bit dispassionate. You know, once you watch like the end of season two or even the end of season three, like there's nothing that's too outrageous or too hurtful or too shocking for succession. And I think that kind of quality keeps people guessing. I think a lot of TV shows, um, especially like a billions or like a, um, like kind of like a family dynasty show, they do sort of shy away from throwing certain people under the bus. I think the writing on succession is just not precious about killing its darlings and that's a show that's fun to talk about. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone could have expected that like Succession would be a show with like, <laughs> like Flo Millie fan cams for Roman Roy or Saucy um, <laughs> Santana fan cams for Tom Wamsgams. Like, but it also just kind of fits because the show is like messy too. It's so messy. I have a theory as to why everyone loves this show. Um, and there's two, I have two big theories. I'll share them both. One, I think shows like Succession, shows that HBO has gotten really good at making the last decade or so, shows about really awful, rich white people. We love to watch those shows and watch those rich white people behave badly because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. At least I'm not a Roy. At least I'm not that obnoxious. At least I'm not that toxic. Something about watching these succession characters makes me happy about not being that rich, not being that ruthless, and not being that much of a dick. And I don't know, it's like weirdly empowering. That's my first part of my theory. Second theory is that like, Succession succeeds because it is a sitcom that masquerades as a drama, and people actually like that stuff. 
this show for me is Arrested Development. It's a, it is a it is a sitcom in which the stakes never actually change. We just love the jokes and the one-liners. And everyone actually loves that kind of show. And when you have that kind of show wrapped up in the HBO of it all and the prestige drama of it all, it's even spicer and more fun. But this show works because you get to just see the same jokes around the family dynamics happen with better one-liners every season. It's actually quite reliable. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think I like your second idea better than the first. Okay, tell me why. I, well, I think that I think that you're right that it is sort of cyclical, but there is this quality. I don't think you know it has anything to do with like prestige or like the HBO Sunday Night of it all. But that you know people are nosy, and that this is sort of it, it's, <laughs> it's voyeurism. I think I would love to know what goes on in the at the Thanksgiving of like every super rich family in America. And even watching like, um, you know, comparing the Roy's to the Pierce family. I promise not to interrupt your tipple for long, but I, I just wanted to take a brief moment to welcome you to our funny little house and to let our guests know that what you're drinking is Hank Pierce's Brake Bumper. The Brake Bumper! The recipe is stolen, no one believes, from the wallet of Teddy Roosevelt's valet. <laughs> it's like the dynamics within these families of just super wealth and privilege and also, you know, everything is available. So then at some point, nothing is available to you. Um, mm-hmm. It's just very interesting. And, and I think, you know, how one bad family meeting, you know, reverberates throughout society. And then we get Fox News is like kind of maddening. But I think, you know, culturally, we become much more aware of the fact that we are kind of handcuffed to a couple of like absolutely lunatic oligarchs. Yeah, no, totally. And what's what's really weird to me, though, it's like I can understand why the average person would like this show. It's well-written, it's really funny, and et cetera. But what the hell is up with journalists loving this show so much? This show (laughs) is not making our industry look good. It's basically saying we're schmucks who are just reliant on powerful, crazy families to even survive, and we actually have no backbones. And in spite of that, journalists love succession. Why? I I think it's, like, honestly, the most selfish reason in the world where it's like you kind of want to tune in just to see like oh my god are they gonna like are they gonna come for me now like are they gonna make a joke about the atlantic the hundred is substack meets masterclass meets the economist meets the new yorker (laughs) that said um i think a show like succession is much you know i would say more interesting about media than like a regular kind of like fake all the president's men like newspaper drama like it's why why well, because, you know, the act of doing journalism is, like, not actually that fun to watch. It's, like, a lot of emailing, <laughs> waiting for someone to get back to you, you know, oh, my God, I have the interview now, like, whatever. It's a lot of that stuff. And this, like, buying and selling, it makes it a lot more tangible than just watching someone report or watching a story not come through. I much prefer Succession as a show about the media than I would, like, The Newsroom, which is just a show about a newsroom. Yeah, no, it's true. It's it's like we act as if the most interesting part of journalism is the journalizing. It's not the money and power behind it all and the power shifts. That's the most interesting part. 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, really to your point, like one of the funniest parts in episode two is when we realize that Carrie, Logan's, we'll say special friend, <laughs> um, <laughs> someone who reads the newsletter, you know, that clip of, um, oh my gosh, like that racist NBA team owner's girlfriend. Who's the like Donald Sterling younger. one. Yes. And she's like, oh yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm his silly rabbit. I'm Mr. Sterling everything. I'm his confidant, his best friend, his silly rabbit. His what? His silly rabbit. His silly rabbit? Yes. Is that what he calls you? No. <laughs> Someone who reads the newsletter sent me that, and I was like, oh my God, this, like, absolutely, your mind is on fire. I love it. But I do think there's something so funny about watching Carrie audition to be an anchor and her being so bad at it. Good evening, I'm Carrie Castellabadi, and these are our top stories great so tonight. far. You look stupid. Missouri State Police. Missouri State Police have oh my issued goodness. an Amber Alert as two children are believed to have been abducted. Like, just little decisions like that being made in how Succession really makes a meal out of that is, um, I, I think, like, that's, like, the most, like, inside baseball media stuff that I just eat up. Oh, yeah. Well, and I love how, like... Succession doesn't even pretend to try to find any hope. There's no hope here for a better tomorrow, for a better journalism <laughs> industry, for better rich people. It's hopeless, but it's funny, right? Yeah. And there's yeah. a certain cruel comfort in watching that kind of show. <laughs> there's no after-school special feel to this ever. It's just like, yeah, this shit's so bad, it's funny. Yeah. It feels like, you know, Titanic, like, playing while the ship is going. I just saw the Titanic, <laughs> like, whatever, 25th anniversary IMAX re-release like crazy um but it does feel like that it's like well if we're all under like the weight of the crushing weight of capitalism then I'm at least gonna like have fun thinking about like what the super rich people are actually doing yeah yeah how do you think the show's gonna end oh let me tell you so what would be a satisfying whole- ending to you yes. they gotta kill daddy he got to go there's mm. no real power shift. There's no mm. real transfer of power until he is gone. Because as long as he's there and lucid, he'll hold on to all the power as long as he can. He'll never give those kids anything besides a superficial role that he can then take away from them when he wants to. Like even now seeing him kind of throw something at Romulus. I, I like calling him Romulus. I just do. Um, that's not a real position. That's not real power. And I think the power only shifts when he dies. And I would put money on... Daddy Roy dying before the final credits for the last episode of this season. I mean, okay, here's what I think about that. All right, tell me. My least, let me say two things. First, (laughs) when I was in Italy, Jesse Armstrong said- When I was in Italy, whoo, yes, (laughs) I love it. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying Jesse said this before. Jesse Armstrong has said this before that originally the plan was for Logan to die I like early in the show and oh, really? they realized that that was not a very good dramatic move and then also because he's the best actor on the show mm, I don't know about that listen <laughs> Matthew McFadden honey he is holding it down <laughs> okay 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 but, anyway, I cut you off keep going no no it's okay um my least favorite episodes of succession are honestly like the first like the second episode and the third episode, I think when Logan is like, like of the entire series where Logan is like not really there, he's like incapacitated in the hospital and not conscious. And you're just like, the you're just watching the kids mill about. And I think Logan just is like 
a very interesting character. And even watching this season where he has the Gojo deal, he is like, he was making moves to finally acquire Pierce, which is like his white whale. Um, he's getting a Republican president in. He has everything. Everything is like aligned for him. And still he's like trying to fuss at his birthday party and like lonely at his birthday party and kind of missing his kids and like mad at himself for missing them because he just likes to fuss with them. And there's some kind of like Bravo cinematic universe, just chaos streak in Logan that I think is so ah. interesting and wow. just kind of an insatiable need to just cause drama. Mm-hmm. And that's a true drama queen right there. How do you want or think the show will end? Also, tell me if you've already seen the whole season. Have you? you no, have. no, I have oh, not seen okay. it. Okay, okay. Um, when I do the newsletters, power rankings, I really like, I don't like to get ahead because I don't want to like tip something off or, you know, show my hand too much. I think it's a lot easier if I'm kind of trying to watch with everyone else. Okay. But, and again, knowing nothing, my ideal ending is like, we're at the final board meeting, whatever, and Logan is about to like sign pen on paper, like Roman will get the throne or whatever. And then it's kind of like a wink to the camera, like, mm, maybe not yet. You know you're that bitch when you cross all that conversation. Like, <laughs> that like he's it. I just kind of like mm, Did you just compare Logan Roy to Beyonce? Well, I mean <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, let's keep this going. Keep going. I That's just how I feel. I think I would love a sort of like the season two ending where he kind of gives that kind of smug smile to the camera. I would love something like that. That's so like, you know, he's in it for the game. I think Logan just has an appetite for mess and drama and fighting and he's better at it than the kids are and they don't really have that same propensity for just like chaos and i would love to see an ending where he is just like yeah we can go another round like yeah. it'll never be over for him because he'll never be satisfied no in my well, opinion and, oh yeah and he has the unholy trinity of like traits that will always mean you win in these kind of nasty fights he has no fear he has mm-hmm. no shame and he's crazy if you get all, if one person is that, they will always be the most interesting character in a show like Succession because there, the, there's no floor. He'll go, yeah. he'll go lower than anybody else. I think he will definitely go lower. But as far as him having no fear, I don't think that's true. I think he is very mm. afraid of pushing people too much and not huh. being able to win or earn them back. Huh. But I do think that, and as we see or as we hear Shiv say. In episode two, you don't, you don't fucking know everything. Just because you say it doesn't make it true. Everyone just fucking agrees with you and believes you, so it becomes true. And then you can turn around and say, like, oh, you see? See? I was right. But that is not how it is. You're a human fucking gaslight. I don't think it's unfair that Logan is smarter, faster, stronger than his competitors. I think he is just willing to work harder and longer and chip away at something. Okay. Until he gets it. And I think the kids do not have that same tenacity. Cue Kardashian cut. Nobody wants to work these days. <laughs> Only Logan. Only Logan. I mean, that's why I felt like the the siblings, you know, overpaying on the Pierce deal. Like, 
for my hung up power rankings, I put the kids on the bottom because, you know, I think Logan is right. You're such fucking dopes. You are not serious figures. I love you, but you are not serious people. They had a business and then completely abandoned it to go after like their dad's shiny toy, basically, just to like yeah. screw him over. And when that is their only aim, they're going to lose every time. Mm-hmm. What Bravo Cinematic Universe family does the Succession family most resemble for you and why? Hmm. I'm going to say... Listen, I have to be classic. Like, <laughs> there is no Bravo personality closer to my heart than Nene Leakes. Same and girl, same. I do. She is just like actually in my mind, like the OG, like housewife. And I think Logan oh, yeah. is Nene, but Logan <gasps> is also Nene right after she tried to leave and do the one season Ryan Murphy show <laughs> and had to get like bounced back to Bravo land and was like pissed about it the entire time. Like, that's, that's who Logan is to me. I love that. I love that. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I want to go bigger picture on like what the success of Succession says about the industry and like TV and TV viewing right now. This has been maybe the fourth or fifth or more show from HBO that does that HBO formula that seems to work. One episode a week of this show built around awful, rich, white characters that we love to hate. And these things are hits and water cooler moments. The White Lotus, Big Little Lies, Succession, I Could Go On. Is this just like the recipe that's going to work for HBO forever. Keep cranking out these prestige shows about awful rich white people and give us one a week every Sunday. Like, is this the new model or the or, or the surviving dominant model right now? I, I think yes, but due to a couple other things. You know, the White Lotus and Succession, while they're both shows about rich white people largely, they do have very different ideas about wealth and power and privilege. And I think The White Lotus is definitely more of a straight comedy, um, like a hard, like hard funny, where Succession is a lot of different things at once. 
But I will say that I think looking at, you know, just the history of HBO and even their current lineup, it's like they do tend to, you know, buy or promote shows that are um, ensemble, like big ensembles. So you have a lot of people to root for, hate, get behind, not get behind. Lots of family dramas. I think that sort of genre blend of like a funny show that it's also kind of heartbreaking or like a, you know, serious drama that also is like kind of too goofy at some points. Like that is like, I think what TV is trending toward now more than just like an, oh, this is a sitcom. Oh, this is like a drama. Oh, this is a, you know, whatever. I think that genre blend is like really what people are looking for. Yeah. I also think that like the success of Succession and the success of The White Lotus really proved for me that binge TV culture is like kind of on its way out. That's a little passe. I felt like people used to brag about watching an entire series in one or two days and that was the thing you did and binge TV culture was it. Now I think we're all going back to this like once a week watch it and talk about it with your friends situation And I'm happy for that. I think it makes for a better viewing experience. I think I enjoy a show like Succession more when I talk about it with my friends week after week for 10 weeks than if they just gave it to me all at once. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I think that is definitely true. Do not tell Netflix because I want Love is Blind all out one day. (laughs) So I can just truly wake up in the morning, watch Love is Blind and do that for an entire, you know, 15 hours. But I think, you know, the show, like... With a lot of the HBO shows and even, you know, like Yellow Jackets on Showtime, um, these are, you know, high protein shows where you really want every episode to feel as special as it was written to feel, I think, where there's so many things to quibble over, to parse, to consider, to fuss about, you know, whatever. And having that, you know, once a week drop just makes it feel more like an event. And makes it feel like, oh, I can take my time with this because this was written so intentionally and so specifically. Whereas I even kind of struggled watching, you know, five episodes of you in one sitting. I was like, I'm actually getting over <laughs> like my brain is getting overloaded. I'm like losing the thread of everything. Like I don't really even know what's happening right now. And I think it's just, yeah, I think it's a better way to watch TV. Totally agree. Especially totally for agree. an hour-long drama. Like if we're doing yeah. a half hour, it's like I can watch three hours of the other two and not even realize because it's just so like constantly quick moving and funny. But a show like Succession and some, you know, like I said, it kind of it does move a little bit slower and you just want to take your time with more as a viewer instead of just rushing through to like get to the end and see, you know, quote unquote, who wins. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the insider access to this show that you have gotten? You got to spend two weeks in Italy with the cast. You profiled them for the magazine. You write these power rankings. You're really plugged in and you've talked to a lot of folks who make this show. Once you got that access, what was the one tidbit that like most surprised you as a fan? Like, oh, I didn't think they'd be like this. Mm Hmm. Something that I do think about a lot as I'm writing about Succession is that in one of my interviews with Jesse, he said that, and this was in the um, Succession cover story too, he said something about um, he's very suspicious of people changing. Mm. You know, characters that really have this big arc where they go through all these tribulations and come out on the other side differently. And he's especially suspicious of it, he said, in television. He thinks it's an arc. He said that he thought it was an arc that worked better in movies. 
I just thought that was a very interesting idea. So whenever I think about succession, I I do think about how at the core, these people kind of are who we've known them to be. And, you know, I don't think there's like a version of the show where Shiv, like, I don't know, like quits the family business entirely and like goes back to working in DC. Like that just does not seem like it makes sense for her because she wants to be in the mix, but like never has the guts to actually be in the mix. And that yeah. does sort of seem like, I don't know, knowledge that I, that I think about when I'm watching the show. Well, and like, I don't know, hearing you say it, it's like, oh, I think that is part of why I like it. This show accepts the fundamental truth about most of us. We don't change. We stay as good or as awful as we always have been. And we find new ways to talk through or about our goodness or awfulness. That's succession. Yeah, yeah. And even a character like Greg, it's like rewatching like season one, Greg was always sort of like a brown noser. He was always that motherfucker. Yeah. He was always trying to like, you know, I mean, his interaction in the show was he was like trying to get his uncle to excuse him getting fired from the parks job. Running the parks. Just a little guy learning, you know? I mean, could that be, you scratch my back? I'm not going to say I could scratch yours. It would would be too considerable of a space, but is there an angle there, perhaps? He's such a Nepo baby, but then he, like, kind of gets in a little bit more and tries to, like, model himself after the siblings and all that stuff, and that's not really working, so... But he still just is, like, the guy that you would never want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I think exactly. that's really interesting. This show is going to end with this season. Is that the right time to end it? Should it go on more? Should it have gone on less? I mean, I think it's hard to say now, now that we haven't seen the ending. Um, I think four is a good number. I mean, it's Beyonce's favorite number. Um, (laughs) You know, I think four is good. I think every finale has just been so stellar. I'm like curious if it goes out with like whimper or bang. I don't know. I just don't want it to end with a cliffhanger that just sets up a prequel. I don't need a succession prequel. Don't do that to me. This is so nice and tight right now. That said, I would watch a like 1980s set prequel about Sid Peach, the ATN um, like news boss played by Jeannie Berlin, because she is my favorite character. And, you know, I say like every tongue that rises against Sid Peach shall fall. (laughs) At the end of episode two, Logan was like, I think Sid is out. And I'm like, well, I guess you're falling, sweetheart. Thanks again to Succession scholar Hunter Harris. Go check out her newsletter, Hung Up, on Substack. It's good. I subscribe. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zen. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And I really want to see Breakmaster and Nicholas Bertel, who composed the theme song for Succession. I want to see those two collab on something. I do. Hannah Rosen is the head of audio at New York Magazine. And listeners, we're back on Friday with a brand new episode. Till then, keep that Succession theme song in your head, on loop, on repeat, as it is for me. All right, till next time. Bye. I can never get the high note on my whistle. 
Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. 